about them Cowboys is brought to you by GameTime. It's your go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks those prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Have you ever wondered how you can take advantage of those last-minute deals? Have you ever regretted not buying tickets for a concert and maybe got the urge to go last minute? Well, now you can check out Game Time and get tickets to that concert because they have concert tickets too, Major League Baseball, NHL, NBA, and more. They've got you hooked up at Game Time. So what you do, you find the event you want. You purchase it in two taps, and you can buy with confidence because you can see panoramic views from your seats right there in the app. So download Game Time on the App Store or Google Play. Take advantage of those last-minute deals and get ticket prices up to 60% off. It's all still right there out in front of Dallas Cowboys, but bottom line is they're going to have to play better if they're going to win this division, and if they do, if they're going to get deep into the playoffs, because defensively here tonight, they were just, they were handled. Yeah, I don't know how you come back from this. I I really don't, Joe. I mean, for the last two weeks, we've heard from them that they were going to get it going. They had a chance at home against the Buffalo Bills to finally beat a team with a winning record. That didn't happen. They got embarrassed in that game. They come here against a team that had a lot to prove but was struggling in a lot of areas, and, and it was the same old story. And so, yes, even though we knew before this game kicked off that it didn't matter if they lost, they were still going to be in contention I don't know how you sell that if you're Jason Garrett or Jerry Jones or anyone when you have a performance like that to say, hey, but we're still alive. I mean, hey, we'll, we'll go play this week against the Rams, and it's all right out in front of us. And I, I don't think the players hear that. I, I, I wouldn't hear it if I were them. And this is on the players as much as it is on the coaches. They've got to be better. But I'm not sure I'd even talk to the team this week. I'd just say, let's just go play next week. Yeah, and sounds good. You guys figure it out. But uh, the talk is over, and it has been over for a while. The only thing I've got to say is, How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys indeed? Well, the Cows do it again. Lose. In spectacularly ugly fashion this time in Chicago, where Dallas loses the battle for 7-6 and and drops to 6-7 and after being 5-2 and at the end of October. But it was more of the same. Sloppy tackling, missed field goals, and a Cowboys team that really only showed up for the first part of the first quarter as the Cowboys fall to the Bears 31-24. Welcome back in to the Athletics Podcast for all things America's team about them Cowboys. I am Kent Garrison, the Chris Kringle of the podcast, making my list and checking it twice to make sure that we bring you the best of the best when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. So first, he's still recovering from all those Chicago dogs and deep dish pizzas. It's Father John Mashoda. Welcome home, John. I mean, that sounds really touristy, but that is exactly what I ate there. Um, it's all you can eat. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I appreciate it. There's no place I'd rather be right now. Good. Welcome back. And man, welcome back to this guy. He's a guy that needs no introduction at all. It's Brian Broadus. Welcome back. Thank you. And I would love to have been with Father John eating all those hot dogs and pizza. It's one of my favorite cities to have a meal in. So, uh, John, I'm very jealous. <laughs> Was it a little Giordano's, John, or what'd you I eat? did Giordano's. Uh, nice. And uh, this is this is bad. I forgot the name of the hot dog place, but it's like what the one that they're known for. I can't think of the name of it right now. But, uh, you know, they do their Chicago dogs. They got like pickles yeah. and tomatoes, tomatoes and relish and, and all yeah, kinds of stuff. Sliced tomatoes and all that. 
Nice, man. Nice. Well, I'm glad to hear that you did it up. And, uh, man, I'm excited to talk about this game. And so we must welcome in, returning for his hosting duties, Kevin KT Turner. And KT, we heard it in the intro there from Troy Aikman. And the more I sit on last night's game, the more I think that this team just won't recover from this. Uh, the biggest takeaway for me from last night is that this team's not good at football in pretty much any phase right now, uh, even though it might look like that on paper. So uh, I know we've got a lot to get to. The owner's pissed, uh, but I just don't believe that any player in that locker room truly believes that Garrett and them can get it done. You know, they might get up there on the podium. They might say that um, we've got all the faith, but I really don't think that they believe that in their heart of hearts. Um, but so with that being said, we've got a lot to cover. And uh, that's just one of the many things we'll be covering in this episode. The tour becomes kind of problematic when you feel like the whole team probably knows that the coach is gone. Like the coach definitely knows he's gone. Um, <laughs> you get the feeling that the front office totally knows he's gone. The fans know he's gone. And then when you start working into the fact that the players know he's gone, that's kind of how you get a performance. But I also think I got vibes of, I mean, obviously that game did look a lot like the Thanksgiving Day game, but I got vibes of that Colts game last year where you're kind of fighting for a playoff spot, but then you put yourself in such a good position that, you know, you kind of didn't need that Colts game. It would have been nice to have, but you didn't need it. And then you got dominated up and down the field, and it didn't look like you gave a good effort. And you got your butt whipped by a team that – uh, it's not great, and the Bears, and they went and put it to you, and it was a boring game because it wasn't even close. So I uh, I don't even know how to balance anything. I'm not shocked by any of it, um, but I also am not some, like, a defeatist. Like, I uh, at least I, I know Broadus probably, I would assume, feels the same way as me, given his years of experience in the league. I, I am more uh, of the mindset of fighting than rolling over and dying. And the fact that you are in first place in this weird, weird league does still allow you to have a chance to turn it around. So I don't know if I fully agree with Troy that there's no recovering from that. I do know there are some things that I would definitely change uh, before you play the Rams, but I'm still probably going to make the playoffs. At least that's how I feel. How do you feel, uh, Brian? We'll start with you. Yeah, you know, I, I, I do agree with you, KT. I mean, I, I do believe in the fight. But I believe in the fight with the ability to fight. And this team, uh, you know, I, I've been fooled really all year by this team. You know, and, and yesterday I had a chance in our, our pregame show to kind of go in why you thought the Cowboys would win or why they thought the Cowboys would lose. And, you know, I've really, you know, the, the Buffalo game really changed my feeling about this team. Uh, you know, and again, I – you know, I've tried to I've tried to be honest with myself and say, okay, they can do this, they can do this offensively, they can do this defensively. Well, special teams will improve, but you know, Buffalo really took my will to fight. I, I do, I do love a good fight, but Buffalo game took my will to fight. You know, and I felt like they were playing against another defense that was very capable of taking them out of their offensive game plan. You know, and. You know, I just don't have any faith in this Cowboys defense. I, I really don't. I, I don't, you know, we talk about the tackling, the lack of coverage. You know, this is a middle-of-the-road team when it comes to creating sacks. They don't create turnovers at all, even though they got two last night. It seemed like forever, you know. I think Clinton was president the last time they got a turnover. So, you know, this is the kinds of things, though, if you want to win games. And Jerry Jones said it after the game, you know. 
you just got to find a way to go out and win a game. And I just don't think this team is capable of doing that. And that's why I picked against them yesterday. So to use your words, KT, I wasn't surprised either that they lost that game. You know, it, it's amazing to me that they could go on a 17-play drive to start the game, you know, and chew up half the clock in the first quarter and then turn around and not do anything other than that, you know, until the very end of the football game where it was really the game was totally in hand, in hand for the Chicago Bears. So, uh, you know, am I surprised? No, absolutely not. You know, give Mitch Trubisky a lot of credit for the way he played. It used his legs, throwing the football. They they ran the ball effectively when they needed to. They made some plays on the outside when they had to, throwing the football. They got protection. You know, Troy Aikman, we had him on the pregame show and with us, and he he was he was like, listen, the Bears offensive line is not good enough. Dallas should be able to have their way with this Bears offensive line. They really didn't. And so, you know, that those are the things, you know, they talk about, hey, the, we have to do this and this and this. There's just too many things they have to do to win games, and they're really incapable of doing that. So I don't have any hope. I don't know how they're going to stop a team like the Rams, who have far more offensive weapons and are far more better on defense than what we saw in Chicago. So, you know, this to me is one of those times where you need to play out the string and, and kind of start working on the draft like I have. Yeah, I just don't know what would spark this team right now. Uh, because there's part of me that, you know, just watching sports during my life that makes me not want to rule out anything because there are so many improbable things that happen. But there's just no life being shown here to make you think that all of a sudden it's just going to start clicking, even if they were to somehow back into uh, winning the division and, and, and getting to host a playoff game. And it's it's like you look at up and down the sideline, and you're like, well, if they fire Jason, like, could they get a spark from that? And you're just looking at that sideline, you're going, but who's going to give it? I mean, it can't be any of those defensive coaches when the defense is playing as bad as they have. They're making, you know what they do? When they, when they play other teams, they make their fan bases think that they're mediocre, average to below average quarterbacks, like they got something there. I mean, they literally make yeah, people in Detroit think point. that Driscoll might be okay. I mean, talking to the guys that work for the Athletic in Chicago before the game, that's all they're talking about is just, yeah, you know, uh, you know, Trubisky is just like the biggest thing here. Everybody's just, you know, what, what do we have here? What do we have here? You know, is he the guy? Is he the guy? They're talking in Chicago this morning like I can't I was going to compare him to a former Bears quarterback, but they don't even have any good quarterbacks. So they think they got like the next coming of Brett Favre there. And it's like, no, you don't. It's the same thing that like people were talking about New York after Sam Darnold torched him. Like, you know what? I think Darnold's going to be fine. And then he looks awful. I mean, literally a couple weeks later, he's seeing ghosts. So it, it, they, they, their defense is having that kind of effect on, on, on opposing teams where like their quarterbacks just can do whatever they want. Mitch Trubisky was running around like he was Lamar Jackson out there last night. Uh, I couldn't believe how bad the defense looked. I mean, that was the part right there when, you know, you're kind of watching that game. You're thinking, is this going to be the Packers game of, uh, you know, 2010? That really was the end of, of Wade Phillips. And and then the offense kind of fights back in the end. So it's not as lopsided. But there certainly was times during that game where you're like, are they giving up on this whole thing already? There's so much still to play for. Um, and I thought it was really interesting. Uh, the TV copy caught Jason Witten uh, flipping out on the sideline a little bit. And I thought it was interesting just because of who Witten is on that team. And guys obviously looked to him but at the same time I'm sitting there and I thought it might be a spark when Michael Bennett went off the, the other week in, in the locker room or when Jerry called out the coaching staff or when then Jerry backed the back the coaching staff like this has all happened this isn't in a season two season three season this isn't like the last two weeks like there have been all these things that happen to try and spark something 
And it like literally the last two games started the exact same way. It was like they were playing the same exact opponent in the same exact venue. Only they weren't. They were in a different venue. They were playing a different opponent. And it's I mean, I couldn't believe I cannot believe that you can put together that impressive of a first drive. What I thought was maybe their most impressive drive of the season and then just lay an egg all the way until the fourth quarter. They just I mean, it, yeah. it makes no sense. There was at one point when I, I <laughs> I came up in actors. I was looking at their sidelines for a while because obviously there's nothing on the field worth watching. And there was a time when like Chris Richard's just talking to Jason Garrett and they both looked like they were just lost. Like, I don't know. I don't even know what to do. The other thing it made me think of, though, too, is if Des Bryant was on this team, how how wild it would be on the sidelines, why this is all going on. And they just they don't really have guys that are like that. Other than, like I said, the Witten had the one little um, episode that obviously the TV cameras caught. But it just I don't know. It's just strange to watch this because. All I have to compare it to are other Jason Garrett teams, and they just haven't played like this. I don't. I, I just don't understand how it's fallen apart this fast, this quickly. When, if anything, they should be clicking right now because of their health, because of the players that they have. I just. I don't think anybody that knows anything about this team could have seen this coming. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how. They, they, you're absolutely right, John. With the, the breaks that they've caught with their opponents, I mean, they lose Chicago's. I mean. A lot of their key players out of that game with various injuries on the inactive list, and then they lose Roquan Smith like in the first series of the game, you know. And and you're sitting there going, "Oh wow, you know that that takes a big big part out of what they're going to do defensively here, you know." And they just you know plug another guy in and away they go. And you know for the Cowboys' inability to move the football to sustain any drives. You know, that's one of the things we, you know, what a hollow stat. This team is first in offense, you know, but they don't do anything to finish drives. They get, you know, they don't, they don't convert third down. They don't convert first downs on second down. They get the third down and they have to convert or they have to, you know, they have to make a miraculous catch or a miraculous scramble and throw in order to convert third downs. And, you know, it's just a shame really what it is, you know, and, and I, again, this this defense, I can understand why Chris Richard is talking to Jason Garrett and saying, hey, you know, he's probably asking, well, what do you got? What are you calling? And he goes, well, I'm calling this, this, this and this. And, you know, they're eating us alive. And so, you know, to me, you know, you, again, you watch this team. It's been this way for the last 10 weeks. If you know, you look at the start they had and then the last 10 games, three and seven. They really are what they are. I wanted to believe they were something else, but they're really not. They're exactly what, how they're the level they're playing right now. And Dak Prescott said it last night on the podium. If he knew and could flip a switch, they would. But I just don't think they have the ability to come up with answers. They could talk about playing hard, you know, and sticking together and all that stuff like that. You know, they when when you see what's going on, you know, the players are talking among themselves. Those coaches, like, trust me. Those coaches are thinking about calling their buddies around the league and trying to find out where the openings are going to be. You know, this is where this is where all of a sudden the panic, instead of circling the wagons and going forward, it's more like, okay, well, we're going to lose our coach. And then the other coaches start uh, hunting up jobs and getting ready for the senior bowl and stuff like that. So, yeah, if you think this team could get into the playoffs and, and do anything, then again, it's it's. It's a shame you haven't paid attention to the to the games up to this point. All right. So before we go into it, I do want to start on the defense, start on, you know, a decision they they could make with Jason, but they've chosen not to again. Um let's want to play this audio real quick. Jerry Jones jumps on with the KNC masterpiece. This is a show on 1053 The Fan. That's the station that carries the Cowboys games. Uh Broadus, you do a lot of work with 1053 The Fan. I worked there for six and a half years. 
Um, this is a very odd interview. This is about the first minute of Jerry's interview with them, with Kevin and Corey today uh, on the radio show. I just wanted to play this for you guys. Jerry, how are you doing this morning? Hey, guys. Morning. Uh, morning to you. All right, Jerry, you come on every week. Win or lose, you answer questions. You know the Tolos and the Cowboys fans want answers today. What answer do you have for how this team is playing right now? We're not playing very well. Are you embarrassed? Are you embarrassed as an organization about how the team is hey, playing? Get your damn act together yourself. Okay? Now, I'm, 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 we're going to have a good visit this morning, but uh, settle down just a little bit. I, I mean, I, I, as a Cowboys a fan, We've Jerry. Got a, a lot to go over. Now, go on with your question, but uh, uh, I'm going to uh, give you the answers I want to give you this morning. And uh, I don't like your attitude to come in. I've been traveling all night, and I'm not, I don't have the patience to jack with you today. I, I understand that, Jerry. I'm just saying, like, emotionally. Okay, uh, let's get with it, and let's ask some questions. All right. Right kind of question. <laughs> wow. Um, it did go on a little bit a couple times. At one point, Jerry uh, did say uh, a couple of curse words. To Do the, you understand bullshit? Yeah, said that a couple times <laughs> to the point of where they basically had to hang up on Jerry because they couldn't dump anymore. Um, and I don't have to go into all the radio terminology of what that, what all that means. Basically, when someone cusses, you hit a dump button, and it takes four seconds at a time out of the broad, broadcast. Well, Jerry cussed so many times that they had to uh, – dump it so much that they couldn't like keep it from going on the air so they had to hang up on him so i understand jerry being mad i get all that stuff um i just feel like this is a rare situation they suck right now it's really bad okay it does look like they will recover from this okay it really does but it also is i would argue a little bit worse in philadelphia than it is here and because the way this is all worked out and the way the nfl works you're knocking on the door of the playoffs now, I get that there's a ton of fans who don't even care if this team makes the playoffs because they know they're just going to get beat in the first round. I don't like that line of thinking. I want as many good draft picks as possible, but I hate that line of thinking. I think that's a defeatist attitude. And I think there's you've got to try whatever it takes to see if you can save it. And that's going to take winning in Week 16. You have to try, yeah. do whatever you can to try to save the thing. And that's where I pull the Band-Aid off and I'll let Rowdy coach the team. I don't care. But get, yeah, but, but get what if you're not good enough, message out. JT? Well, what if know, you're just not good enough? But they are what, good enough know, to make you, the playoffs, though, because the, no, the, because they're in this division. You know, they should have a three-game lead on Philadelphia right now. They should honestly. This this shouldn't be this this should not this podcast, but should be about okay. How do you position yourself for seeding and things like that? It, it, it's not. It's about it's about an inability of a head coach. To you know, to take a team that we all thought was pretty talented, but might not be talented enough. I mean, I, I I'm having my doubts about what I saw. I've said this before to you guys, but this team gives you you know you're you're selling hope right now, and you know if they win that game last night, then I, you know I'm I'm buying in a little bit more. I'm like, okay, maybe I was wrong about the Buffalo game, but you know you're trying to sell something to to us that. They're incapable of doing. They're, they don't. They don't. They haven't played well, in a, and they haven't played well in ten games. Neither has the you Eagles, know? though. I mean, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're, yeah, but okay. You know, we're focusing in on what's going on here now, and I think this is why the owner, general manager, got upset with the line of question about being embarrassed because, you know, his situation is. Yeah, he should have honestly answered the question and said, 
yeah, you know, I, I don't feel too good about this right now. You know, I feel, I, you know, I have to look at myself. I have to look at how I built this team. I have to look at how I hired these coaches. You know, it's a little bit of self-reflective there, you know. I, I, you know, it, 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 Corey's question, I, I didn't think was a wrong one. I didn't think it was a bad question. But, you know, I mean, this is what happens to you when you know you do not have an answer for why you're playing the way you are. And, you know, for us to sit here and think that they're going to, like Dak says, flip the switch, I just don't I just don't know how you sell that to anybody. And I think it's I think it's foolish for fans to believe it. Oh, they're going to find a way to win against the Rams and, you know, go to Philadelphia. And win. They, they haven't played well the last 10 weeks. You know, that that's what that's what you need to look at. That's what we all need to look at. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm coming around to that. I'm coming around the realization of stop. You know, you know, listening to Jerry and think, oh, everything's going to be okay. It's not okay. You know, it's not. This team isn't good enough. And you know, if they're going to if they're going to back their way in the playoffs and oh, let's take our chances in the tournament and all that, I you know that that that's just that's you'd rather be in talk, than be out though. You'd rather be in the playoffs than be out, right? I you know what I we all want to be in the playoffs, but how do you get into the playoffs? How I mean, you you want to go into the playoffs with a chance to feel like you know, and I get it. There's teams that have gotten the playoffs at nine and seven and wild cards, and but they, they maybe they had to win. Maybe they were four and seven and had to win five straight games to get in the playoffs. You, you know, you're you're like, but hey, this team's they, playing pretty good. If you they know, get I'm, in, I'm though, an example like the Giants. You know, the Giants back in the day, and all of a sudden they kind of figured things out. You know, this team usually is pretty good in the month of December, but you know, yesterday was a really bad start, and then again you got the Rams. You know, and you're playing against that that offense. How, how are you having? How well, what's what's your hope there? No, I don't think they're going to beat the Rams at all. In fact, I'm I'm in the boat. And John, we're going to get to some stuff that you saw because you were there in Chicago. We're going to get to just one second. I want to finish this real quick. But like, I'm in the boat. Of, I would rest guys. I would get Amari Cooper healthy because all that matters is winning Week 16. And if you win that game, you might have to go win Week 17. And you may not have to because the Eagles could lose another game, and you wouldn't even have to win another game. So you may, to me, if you get in the playoffs, it's because you won another game. In week sixteen, and it's going to be ugly. Yeah, and that's something. That, but that's something the owner last night after the game. You know, he he what was his line, John? Losing, losing, losing. You know, I mean, he was trying to. He was trying to. I think he was trying to will his coach and his team into winning a game. You know, and I think he, those were the comments he made after the Buffalo game. You know, there's this whole thing in New England. He was upset, and then Buffalo. You know, oh, it's it was an emotional Jerry, and then now it's like, what what do you got left? What do you, what do you got left? Well, he knows it. That that's the thing about. I mean, I, again, I to me, I, I'd like to have a chance if you got in this thing, but I don't know how you could sit there and look at this team and think you do have a chance. Because, like I said, there's teams that have gone nine and seven and gotten the playoffs as a six seed, but they've won five straight games. You know, it, it gives you some hope that man, this team might be maybe could do something. But I don't know how you can look at this team and say they can do anything other than, 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 than not tackle, not convert third downs, not make enough big plays, not make turnovers, not get sacks. You know, those are the things they've been pretty consistent at right now. I was just going to say on the Jerry thing, um, I'm not going to say that he was quite to the level last night that he was this morning. Uh, but you could definitely tell there was more frustration than usual from him. And in both Last night, now he didn't come out to the locker room right away the way he normally does at home, where he's like the first person in the locker room. We all gather around. There's like it's like thirty deep, and and, and you know everyone's trying to get a question in, and then it slowly you know uh, 
lessons and then it continues to go and it ends up before you know it, you've spent 25, 30 minutes talking to him. Well, he went out of his way to say it wasn't going to be that long after this game. Um, but it was just interesting watching him come into the locker room. We had been in there for maybe 10 minutes and here comes Jerry in the locker room. And it looked like he was going to talk in the middle of the locker room. And then for some reason he was like, no, let's go outside. And just like, soon as Jerry like leaves that locker room, I mean, he's just a magnet for any reporter, camera person, anything in there just leaves and just follows him. I mean, it was just, I mean, obviously I was doing the same exact thing. Cause it just, you don't know what he's going to say. So he said it wasn't going to yeah. be as long as he normally talks. So he ended up talking for about eight minutes, which is, which is short for him. Um, but it was very similar in a way to the way he was this morning. And, and obviously I think that he tried to send, send a message to the coaching staff after the new England game. I think that's what he was trying to do there. Um, and I, and I, I, that didn't work. And so I think he's kind of grasping at, I don't know, I should try something else now, but he doesn't want to just sit back and not look like he's doing anything because Jared, Jerry's biggest fear is not losing. Losing's one of them, but his biggest fear is apathy, and he mentioned on the radio this morning, and the, and and he, he the last thing he wants is for the fan base not to care, and so I thought it was interesting during some of his answers on the radio today, and then also yesterday, it just like it seemed like he was trying to talk to the fan base, like, hey, I'm trying to do everything I can here, you know, stick it stick in here with me. Um, I mean, he literally said during this one part, he said something like. Uh, you know, I don't care if we stay in contention all the way down until the, um, they have the playoffs. We got to start showing our fans. More importantly, show ourselves. Like, what owner or GM would say show our fans at this point in time and where the season's going? So he clearly, I felt like, was trying to speak to them. And then to start off the the radio interview today the way he did, I felt like that was it was really him trying to go out of his way and say, hey, I know that it ultimately falls on me. And I'm, I am working on this. I'm going to try and get this right, even if it doesn't happen, you know, in this season. But in that locker room after the game, though, it was just – it was Groundhog's Day. It's the same stuff that we've been hearing for weeks yeah. now about, you know, everything's still in front of us. We're controlling our own destiny. Because it's yeah, true. The reason why everybody leaves the locker room to go with Jerry is because everybody's going to say the same thing in the locker room they've said for the last 10 weeks. You know? 10 years. It's the same. It's the same answers. It's the same. You know, we've got to work harder. We've got to circle the wagons. We got You know, everything you say when you lose football games. Bullshit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I mean, that's, it's that's, to me, years. that's where – yeah, but that's the problem now. And and you know what? There's not much they can do right now to make things do other than change the head coach. That's the one thing they can do. But let me ask you this, guys. You're in a situation right now, if you name Chris Richard the interim coach, who's the biggest problem right now, the offense or the defense? It's the defense. It's the defense. No question. Okay, okay. who takes over the defense if Chris Richard is all of a sudden the interim head coach? You know, who who's going to is, is Chris Richard going to call the game defensively and then manage the game too? You know, I mean, I know other coaches do that, but you know, here's do you worry about Chris Richard all of a sudden like, you know, trying to like, you know, do more than he's supposed to do here? I mean, I I'm just saying, to me, if you're going to name an interim guy, go ahead and put Rod Marinelli in there. Yes, absolutely. Put put put, put Rod Marinelli in there and that way okay, it's he can do what he needs to do to handle the day-to-day operations with the team. You know, watch the practice, manage practice. But then he can allow Chris Richard to try and do something to make this defense better. Yeah, and I have you know? someone. And if, if if Rod was doing it, I have someone holding his hand there for challenge flags and things like that. I have someone in his ear at all times, ready to go sure. for the for the for the things that are going to happen where the game gets too fast for him. Because I can see yeah. that totally happening. But this is why this is this is. There's a couple things. Broadus, you had the great point last week on the podcast when you talked about them not wanting to fire Jason. We all know they don't want to fire Jason at all, 
but fire him in the middle of the season because you don't want to have someone come in and be a head coach for three or four games. But sure. I also think they want a big, long head coaching search. I don't think they're just going to go like right when the season's over and make a hire. You know, I yeah. think they like to this draw team- this thing out because everyone's going to talk and everyone's going to talk yeah. about who's the next Cowboys. They're, they love that stuff. And it's going to be a two-month head coaching surge. It's going to be a topic. Well, this this organization doesn't do anything very quickly, you know. And I, I know that from my experience. You know, it's 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 a very they can they, in certain ways when they have to move quick, they'll move quick. I mean, just take for example what's going on with these contracts. You know, it, you, you, they have to feel good about what they're doing, and they're going to take their time to do it. You know, if it means oh we have to pay a little extra or do this or do that, they will they will take all the time that they need. You know, and, and I and I'm okay with that because I don't want I don't want this to be a coaching search that lasts four days. I I don't I don't want that. You know, I, I want them to 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 do their total due diligence here. You know, again, they owe that to themselves. Jerry Jones at 77 years old owes that to himself to try and get the right guy in here, hopefully to change this thing, you know, more sooner than later. Hey Brian, you know, Brian, real quick, yes. just because you've been in those positions before behind the scenes. Do you think they've already started doing that? I mean, how, you know, you mentioned the four days. Have they already gotten oh, yeah. a, um, a head start on this? Oh, no. they, I, Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and again, you know, Jane Slater, who I, I, we all know and I think we respect, you know, she's she's Jane is one of those people I know that does not put stuff out there unless she's got it really one or two or three people telling her this stuff. And the fact, you know, I was on a podcast with her the other day. And she was kind of thinking, well, maybe Jerry's setting this up for Jason to stay. And I'm like, Jane, how can you think that? You know, so, you know, she's not going to throw that out there unless she is hearing something. Well, last night after the game, all of a sudden we start to get, hey, they've talked to Urban Meyer here recently. They've, they've talked to the, the coach at Oklahoma, you know, Lincoln Riley. They've, you know, they, she threw a name out there, the, the, the coordinator at, uh, at Clemson, Elliott. You know, she she's 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 starting to hear names. And so, yeah. And, you know, she would kind of put out there that, I, you know, and she did it on on 1053 this morning. KT, since she mentioned it this morning, she was on with Sean and RJ. And she said, I know for a fact that they that Stephen Jones has already talked to these people. So to me, this is like if you Jerry can be the forefront of what's going on. But you got Stephen in the back room saying, OK, let's line this thing up and let's see where we're at. So that's how I think this thing is going to go. It feels very much like Linehan to me. I think I've, I felt like when they made the trade or were forced to make the trade for Amari Cooper, they had made up their mind on Scott Linehan. But they were because they're loyal or whatever, they let him stay. I mean, I think they probably didn't even want to fire Paul Alexander, but they knew they had to. You know, well, but like yeah, that, the players were going to revolt on Paul Alexander. But the whole thing is, you know, depending on when you caught Stephen Jones, and I know some people that caught him at the combine. You know, he was. You know, and they were asking about Scott Linehan, and this goes all the way back to you know to February, March, and said, "Well, hey, we will Linehan boys getting a lot of this and getting a lot of that." And Stephen Jones said, "Well, we'll see how it all ends up." You know, so <laughs> you know they were gonna they were gonna give this thing a, a full year with Linehan, and then when it didn't work, then they were gonna move on. So, you know, if Stephen Jones is back channeling stuff and, and operating that way and kind of lining things up. You know, I, I'm I applaud him for trying to do that. I know it's a sneaky way to do things, but you know, you got to make sure that you you got to get the right guy in here from now from from now on. You, you can't the the, the the coach that you had for the last ten years was a project. You know, they 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 developed him to a point. 
but it wasn't good enough. Need to move on. And that's what I'm, I think that, that we're all agreeing that they're going to do. Can we all agree that the kicker can't be on the roster anymore because he's deflating the entire room? He can't be yeah. around anymore. I mean, they, they do not need to yeah. see him. He's a buzzkill to everyone in that room. There's no doubt about that, right? He's got to be gone. I will say well, this. Amazing. With the way they've played, though, he's a buzzkill, but I think there's other things that have been just as much of a buzzkill. It would be different if no they were question. playing hard on both sides and, and uh, you know, they were just fighting these games down to the end and, and, they, were, and they were playing – good teams then it'd be different but th- they're playing the bears you kidding me like they're not anything special they've had just much of a disastrous season as the cowboys are having and they're getting just blown off the ball i i, I just i mean obviously he doesn't help the situation and i do think it's time to move on but there's just so many other problems with it as well that i know it doesn't help when he's missing these kicks but i, I just think the problems are so much bigger than him yeah there's two areas of low-hanging fruit on this tree one of them is Jason Garrett, and the other one is Brett Maher. Yeah, nobody sticks up that's for either the, one of those people. There's yeah, that's the that's the that's the reach up and grab the low hanging fruit there. But the 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 tree has a lot of other fruit you can grab. It just sure. depends on how how high up you want to go grab it. You know. Well, let's do so, let's, let's yeah. do the defense first. Do we 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 obviously? I was never a huge fan of the whole. Uh, like I guess I was way more in on the killing more excitement than I was in on the Chris Richard excitement. I actually kind of thought it was very odd last year how fast everyone was kind of anointing him the next big thing and the next head coach. I always thought that was strange because I was going, man, guys, he got fired in Seattle. And he got fired because his message, which is always, you know, uh, putting hellfire into you, looking you in the eyes and, and getting real intense with you, his message faded in Seattle very quickly and he was fired. So I always thought it was strange that it was like, Oh, here's our new shiny toy, Chris Richard. He could be the next head coach. I always thought that was strange. But KT, that, but KT, that's exactly why he was, because everything you just said right there is the exact opposite of Jason Garrett. And so fans love that. Everything that he said, whether it meant yeah. the defense was playing good or not, it was he was giving these fiery speeches, and, and, and you just read these quotes, and you're just like, this is a head coach. This is the guy I want coaching my team, not this guy that just stands around and claps. And so that was why I think it was probably overinflated. <laughs> Let me ask you this, guys. Why do you think Rod Marinelli stepped aside to allow him to be really the defensive coordinator? I mean, I, I joke around during games. Yeah, I've done this know. multiple times in the press box. I've joked around that he he backed out because he, he foresaw this coming. I'm not saying that really happened. I'm, that's a joke. Um, I don't think anybody could predict that the defense would, would have fallen apart the way it has. Um, he says it's because he knows that Chris wants to be a head coach, and I think that Rod knows that those days for him have – passed him by and so he wanted to give sure. him more opportunities to kind of have a voice like that um but he also could have been looking to maybe spark this defense somehow with maybe a different voice yeah, yeah exactly maybe people got tired maybe got maybe maybe the the defensive players got tired of rod you know and, and I, i'm a big fan of rod marinelli i mean he's been more than gracious to me through the years with his time one of the best coaches that i had of, of going up and asking questions to but you know he, you know he, he's he he's let Chris do this, and you know now we all kind of think differently about Chris. You know, we and I think you guys make a great point. He's the total opposite of what you have with 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 uh, with Jason Garrett. You know, he's fiery, he's passionate. I'd say he's just as smart. You talk to him. We've all talked to him before. He's a smart guy. He's a bright guy. He's a very you know speaks well, mindful of what he's saying, measured his work. You know, he he knows what he's talking about. But, you know, here, here's the situation now. All of a sudden, 
nobody believes he can call a defense to get him off the field. You know? Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's, no, I, I shouldn't say this. I have a feeling I know I, I do like his scheme, but I don't know if his players are playing well enough in his scheme. That, that's no, they're the not. thing I, they, they don't tackle well. Again, they don't tackle well. They don't create turnovers. They don't. They, their pass rush is really middle of the road, even though they've got all these guys that are supposedly pass rushers. Well, and also look you know? at these teams that they that they uh, get really got you know beat up against Buffalo, Chicago, young quarterbacks, and New England too. Though are very physical. <laughs> well, he's not a young quarterback. Yeah. Well, but those are physical defenses. Those are yeah. physical defenses. They play faster on defense than we do, and they tackle better than we do. So those are always going to be like tough matchups. Like Minnesota, I don't see Minnesota as some physical defense. They've got a lot of skill on that defense, uh, a lot of speed on that defense. I don't see them as some like really physical defense like Buffalo and Chicago are. Like we knew, I, I they knew those games were going to be tough to move the ball on those teams. I, these are pretty good defenses. They got they're hurt and missing some key players. I also think it's interesting that each one of those teams has a really good cover corner. Um, but you know, you, I, look, I, I I'm not trying to come sell hope. I'm just selling reality. The reality is all no, they have and, to and do again, is win one game. I didn't want game. to appear like I was, I was jumping on you for that. No, I, no. I'm not jumping on you. I'm just saying though, if you're, if you really look at the, if you look at the bottom line of this team, you know, selling hope would, selling hope would have been winning last night. Then you, then you're like, okay, they kind of pulled things together. They went on the road, played against a difficult defense. Took care of a young quarterback, you know, were able to make some plays, you know, handled things in the special teams. Everything was, you know, but it's it, it's 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 the same song, but the fourth verse, you know. That's what it is with this team, and that's that's the issues that you know you want to believe, you want to think that things will be different, but they're not going to be different. I, I I thought last night they were putting way too much faith in Jalen Smith to try to make a bunch of plays, and you saw that Jalen cannot be that sideline to sideline guy for four quarters. He's not no. there yet, uh, and, no. and the Bears be were the, clear, the Bears were clearly t- targeting him down there in the red zone in the passing game. I mean, that, I mean, I don't know if, how much more obvious you can get other than throwing at a guy three straight times like that. Like, what what other top linebacker, top defensive back, top player does a team challenge like that? And it, the first two, he played well, but it, just the fact that they kept going back to that same type of thing. Let's target him in the passing game. I found that very interesting. Yeah. Well, they obviously knew watching him, watching him cover. They felt like that that was probably a pretty good way of attacking. You know, and that's attack him Vanderish, in the middle of the field, make him have to cover. That's you what Vanderesh needs. I mean, that's what Jalen needs. Vanderesh out there. Sure. I mean, you need a healthy Vanderesh. You need Vanderesh playing well because Vanderesh has missed tackles and hasn't had a great year either. I think we all know that. Uh, it, it, it's just that's what's so disappointing about it is you, you sit here and go, man, we thought those were going to be really two really good players. You know, like Demarcus yeah. Lawrence didn't show up very much last night, and he had a couple key penalties too that really killed you. But over the all, all your life, I think Demarcus Lawrence has given you pretty much all he has all year. I think he's been pretty good. Yeah, Robert he's Quinn's, the, he, well, Robert yeah. Quinn's been good, but he kills you on the run sometimes because he does not handle run responsibility very well. Well, he just collapses inside and gets. Killed. I mean, if you go look at David Montgomery's uh, stats, it's not great last night. But, man, his yards per carry, if you take away the last couple of drives where the Bears were just handing it off up the middle to run clock, dude, the Bears, he was probably ripping off seven or eight yards of carry throughout oh, the no, entire tough. game. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. I mean, once the, once the Bears built that lead, you know, they started to try and run the football. Dallas played a little bit better. But, yeah, Montgomery, 
Montgomery on the edge. You know, I mean that that was that was hard to deal with for the Cowboys. And you're right about Quinn. And you know, when you have a crash, when you have a crash defensive end, and then you're supposed to have a linebacker over the top, and the linebacker's not getting over there to make the plays. You know, you're going to have some problems. And you know, it's clear that they that the Bears saw that they're going to take advantage of your aggressiveness, and they did. And they knew they could get a guy up on Jalen Smith and make him have to fight a block, and he's not going to get there. And so they were able to to take some good advantage. That's just that's just smart game planning right there. Uh, anything else on the defense? Uh, is Cheeto or yes? I mean, look. I, the more we go on, the more the more concerned I am about Cheeto. Uh, you know, moving forward, and and I I guess that kind of goes into the whole Byron Jones decision. I don't want to go too far into the offseason because we're gonna have many yeah. more episodes of this. But there's a couple plays last night where I go, man, Cheeto had a chance to make a play on the ball, and he plays the receiver. He doesn't play the ball. Uh, Jordan Lewis got that interception was a great play by him. There was another play where he had a chance at another interception and he right. let up because Jalen was crashing, uh, you know, was coming at him. So he kind of had, was going to have to, if he got the interception, was going to be a big collision. So I thought Jordan was pretty good last night, but he also gets beat sometimes. <laughs> you know, he's not, he's not perfect. I know the internet wants Jordan Lewis out there all the time. And it, it, now he is on the field all the time, but like, he, no, he's one of your better. He's one of your better secondary players. I he mean, absolutely there's times is. When, yeah, there's times where he he'll give up a play or two, but other than that, he gives you a chance to at least make plays. I mean, he's more competitive than anything they've got out there. I mean, the the, the most disappointing thing to me is the the downfall of Xavier Woods. That's been that's been the one that's been really really gnawing at me a lot. Because I kind of felt like that Xavier Woods and what we saw in training camp and what we saw in the preseason and tackling, being physical, being around the ball, he he is just he is just he's a poor tackler right now. He misses more than he makes. You know, there's situations where people get him in the open field and they shake him. You know, and he has not played nearly as well. I, I've said this a bunch on some different radio programs and podcasts I've been on. This defense is really bad up the middle, or it's been bad. Defensive yeah. tackles have been bad. The linebackers haven't been nearly as good as what we thought they were going to be, and the safety play has been just horrendous when it when you look at it overall. So let me and ask you, a lot of it has to do because Xavier Woods has not played well enough. And I know the uh, the guy that everybody likes to punch and knock down is Jeff Heath, but they you know they, they, they as a group they have not been good. Thompson got caught on that screen pass to the outside, you know, got blocked, got washed the outside. So, yeah, they haven't done well enough uh, at that at that safety spot. So what part of the defense would you guys say has been the most disappointing to you between the defensive line, if, I, if you had to put them in this category, D-line, linebackers, defensive backs? For me, it's the linebackers. I, I had high expectations. Yeah. I thought they were going to be not only one of the best groups starting – but also the reserves. I thought even with a, if you told me Leighton Van Der Esch was going to miss some games, it'd be like, well, that's the one spot where you could probably get by a little bit. So for me, it's been the linebackers. But what about for you guys? I'd go linebackers. I'd go linebackers secondary, and then defensive line is how I would how I would rank them. Uh, I'd go that one, two, three. I, yeah. I would too, and because I, I think Malik Collins has had a better year than I kind of. I think maybe he even gets credit for. Um, you know, the linebackers though, you were kind of counting to be the. The, the the staple of your defense. I think. Yeah, I where still the think Robert plays. Quinn is kind of a question mark. Yeah. Like, yeah, where were the negative plays here? You know, where were the negative plays? Where have the negative plays been from? And I know Leighton Van Esch has missed games, but where's the negative plays from from Jalen Smith, Sean Lee? Where's the negative plays from Joe Thomas? I mean, Joe Thomas did a nice job of ripping the ball loose, but that you know, where has that been all year? You know, 
I just yeah. the, 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 to me these linebackers. I thought that was probably the deepest position that they had with the more quality from one to six. But it's it's really they they've not played up to. I guess I'll just answer for myself my expectations of what I thought they could be. Well, let's let's flip it over. We know the defense is really bad right now. Let's flip it over to the offense. The quarterback was not good last night. He was inaccurate from the beginning. It was a bad day from Dak. I, I you know protection wise, look, the Bears are a team who are gonna get after you uh, for the most part. You know, either way. But I kept going back to a couple things. Dak wasn't good. Um, you know, the 17 play drive was awesome to start the game. That was great. But Dak wasn't good. Cooper did not look 100. percent Ended up posting a good box score. Uh, but Cooper absolutely did not look 100% was pretty absent from the game. Uh, and, and some of those key drives after the 17-play drive, you know, where you needed to keep up, you know, in the game and to, to stay in it. And right. I'm not sure how, how good. I mean, it's the highest paid offensive line in the league. And I'm not sure I'm comfortable calling them a top 10 offensive line in the league because it just hasn't been consistent, man. I know it's tough with the backup at left guard. Uh, Travis has definitely taken a step back, which is understandable given the circumstances of the disease that he was fighting through. Tyron does not look the same. I mean, they've got a decision they're going to have to make with Tyron. If we're being honest, I don't think it's 100% that Tyron Smith is back next year from a salary yeah, cap standpoint. To, yeah, they're going to have to look at they're going to have to look at several of those veteran players, you know, with the Sean Lees and and uh, Tyron Crawfords and guys like that as well. So, yeah, to your point, KT, though, I mean, I. You know, and I, I want to ask you two guys this question, and, and you know, Kent, you can jump into if you want. But I, I, I think to me, is this quarterback really that good throwing the ball over forty times a game? You know, that's I mean, and I know this is a passing league and all that, and I've I've taken a lot of punishment from fans and guys I work with about you know about trying to have balance, trying to have Ezekiel, trying to run the ball. I'm not saying they have to run on first down every time. But from what you've seen with this quarterback throwing the ball, you know, and I was one of these guys that said, yeah, he can handle it. Maybe he can do it. You know, maybe I've changed my tune on that. But I'm, signing, I'm in my mind, I'm saying, okay, was I right the first time that him throwing the ball 40, 45 times a game is not the best way for this football team to win? And, you know, I wanted to believe he can handle it. I wanted to believe, you know, and I, and I was saying, yeah, I think he can. I think he can. I think he can. But now I'm having a little bit of like, okay, why did I go so strongly in that direction? When they throw the ball, you know, the last couple of games, they had to throw it over 40 times. And I, and I believe going into the game last night, their, their record with him passing for over 300 yards in a game was at, four, at 400, where if they run, have a 100-yard rusher, they're at 800. So I, I was just kind of wondering what you guys thinking about that. Well, I, the, one of the biggest things is just the fact that with this defense, you just you can't be winning with throwing the ball because they just can't be on the field that much. So – Again, that's why when the way that game started, I was like, that's the, almost the perfect recipe this team could have right now is this long drive, eat up half the, the first quarter. Uh, your defense isn't going to have to be out there that much. They can be fresh, stick with this game plan, and and you'll be in good shape all, all night. And then it completely went away from that. The longer the defense is on the field, uh, the worse things got. And obviously, yeah, Dak, you know, he had, he had problems throwing the ball. He hasn't been great these these last three games. I don't know if he is ever going to be one of those guys where, you know, he throws 40 plus times and that's the way they win, win the games. But, you know, a, a thing that has bothered me throughout this stretch is just the fact of that he isn't running more. And, and I, I'm not one of these guys that thinks he needs to be running 10 times a game. But I, I just felt like, especially down when they got in the red zone, and, and I mean, they capitalized with Zeke scoring, but I just felt like when he does that, it at least, even if it doesn't get a big gain, I just feel like it adds another element to the offense that we just haven't seen enough of. 
uh, this year. And it just seems like other teams kind of are just sitting back and they're just like, well, we know he's going to be more of a pocket passer this year than he's been in years past. And I, and I think uh, the other part I was going to add is that I think a little bit of it is uh, I think he's trying to do a little too much and trying to, you know, cause he is the face of this team and he really embraces that role. I think he kind of wants to be the leader and the reason that all of a sudden it sparks to get this thing going and everybody will follow his lead. And so I think maybe that is contributing as well because, uh, uh, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, he's healthy. Um, you know, he obviously improved his mechanics greatly in the offseason. It, it just doesn't make any sense why he's had these three-game stretch. Well, it's two straight games where he had to do too much because they got behind. And, uh, yeah. you know, those two two drives, I mean, started out nice for two weeks in a row, getting the good script off and doing, looking good. But then, like, what after that? And they've had nothing in the first quarter after the, you know, the, the first quarter scoring drives that they had in the last couple of weeks. But I, I, I don't think, like – I think in general, I don't need my quarterback throwing the ball 50 times. And I'm all about, you know me, I'm all about looking into these analytics and taking a look at it. And uh, sure. I'm all about throwing more than passing. I, I'm totally about that. But, you know, I think we're getting to a point where Zeke, if you paid him, let's go ahead and get him 25 carries a game. And I'm not saying do that yeah. to get to a number. It all it all is situational, all of it, when it comes to play calling. And I think the last two weeks, it's really hard for me to look at Dak and take too much out of that besides the fact that he hasn't been good. Because just, they had to keep up, and they had to go away from probably what they want to do. Um, no, but, I, but this yeah, is where I, if, if yeah. he's at forty or below, you know, I mean, I think that's the right balance that you want. Zeke around twenty-five carries, Dak around thirty-five passes and five runs. That's kind of what I'm looking for. But you yeah. know, it's just hard to get that way when the game gets out of control, like it did the last two weeks, and you couldn't move the ball in that New England game. The, the offense looked fine against Minnesota. You know, until the end, like you start going back a little bit and you go, okay, the offense has been fine pretty much all year. They just hit a stretch where they, quite honestly, they've played three really good defenses and I'm not making excuses. The inaccuracy last night was frustrating because that's something we we thought we were kind of getting fixed with him. But I don't change how I feel about Dak. He's the guy going forward. I'm comfortable paying him all that stuff. I just... Yeah, you you know it almost feels like too, and Amari Cooper's not one hundred percent. Neither is Dak, and Amari Cooper was absent from the first half of that game yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I just was wondering because to me, I mean, I I want to buy into what everybody's talking about with the analytics and stuff like that, and throwing the football. I get it. You got to move the ball. The teams have had great success this year, you know, with, with exception with the Ravens. They're more of a college mm-hmm. offense when you watch them play. But, I mean, I, I just, you know, moving the ball, throwing the ball, good things. But I just, you know, with Dak, I want to believe. and But I, there's a side of me, it's like, well, maybe I was right the first time around, you know, thinking that his stat line of 22 of 29 for 252 yards and a touchdown is the best way to go for him. Well, what know? does it look like if you have a George Kittle type or a Zach Ertz type at tight end? And I'm not doing the whole Witten, kill Witten bit right now. I'm not doing that. But I think that really I helps. I thought Blake Jarwin looked pretty good last night. I thought Jarwin, Jarwin had six catches. A couple of them were not thrown right at the numbers, you know. Yeah. He had to go make some athletic plays. You know, we've seen Jarwin do that stuff. But I think we all know we can't count on Jarwin to step in there and block every play. You know, San Francisco yeah. and Philadelphia, it's hard to find a Nerds and a Kittle. But those guys will go block. Those guys can kind of I'll do it the all. Ravens have got some good tight ends, too, if you watch them play. Witten slows know. the offense down, though. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he slows things down. But it's like, what are you? Are you a power offense? You drafted – you paid Zeke. You, did all the, you drafted him. You drafted yeah. him for Romo. But, like, you put all these things together. They're still struggling with their identity. And this is where I go back to – and, guys, if you want to disagree and kill me, whatever – 
I go back to, I think the offense would be better if Jason Garrett had no say in the offense at all. You know, like I think it would be better. And I'm not just aiming at Jason because it's an easy thing to do. But this is the Garrett system for 15 years. You know, it's the same thing we've been doing. Like it doesn't look yeah. different enough. The defense does not look different enough. I'm telling you, you go, you should watch it. You guys watch it, the league. I mean, you rarely, when you watch a team, uh, can sit there and go, heck yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to playing this team because I know what they're going to give me. You know? San Francisco is going to mix it up on defense. The Saints are going to mix it up on defense. The Packers, even though they're not a good defense, they're going to throw some exotic looks at you, you know, offensively and defensively. You're going to see some of that. You You know what the Cowboys are giving you. You know what it is. And I think because of that, to your point, uh, is why myself and a lot of other people really aren't that excited about the idea of bringing in uh, a head coach who, let's say, like like a Mike Zimmer, uh, who you kind of know what you're going to get there. Like get some get somebody outside the box that's going to kind of change things up and, and be a little different. Um, and so when I say that, obviously, I'm, I'm talking. It's probably a, a guy coming from the college ranks. Obviously, Sean Payton could do that as well, um, or obviously the master of them all, Bill Belichick, who. Uh, it seems like he somehow gets a different defensive game plan every week, but um, that's obviously down the line. I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that, but I think that's always been the thing is that as long as Jason Garrett was that coach, there was going to be some elements of what he likes to do on offense. And, and to your point about the Jason Witten being out there, you know, and, and what are they on offense? Well, Jason Garrett wants them to be everything. He wants them to have a good run blocking tight end. He wants them to have a good pass catching tight end. He wants them to be able to, you know, run the ball inside the tackles, do do run outside, be able to throw downfield, throw the screen game, do all that stuff. And I, and it's like they try and do all this stuff, and I don't really know if they're really excellent at any of it right now. I mean, when Ezekiel Elliott first came in the league, it was just very clear in 2016 how good that offensive line was, you know, how good Zeke was, that – their identity was clearly running that football and they were going to dominate you up front. And now that you've taken that away to where they're just kind of okay in that area, then everything else kind of just falls apart with it. Like you need that one thing that is kind of your thing. And I don't think they have a one thing right now at all. It's what's strange too, to have Kellen Moore, a first year play caller with Jason Garrett. And I'm a guy who wants Kellen around. Um, I, I think Kellen, like we had hire urban Meyer. I feel really good about Kellen working with. I'm not an Urban Meyer fan personally, but as a coach, no, no. That, but that's that, how you. That's how you know. That's the. That's the avenue. That's, yeah. If you're if you're a or fan Lincoln. of if you're if you're a fan of Kellen Moore, then you want Urban Meyer to get hired as his head coach. Well, and Kellen, though, what if Kellen's the type of guy though? Maybe they hire Lincoln Riley and they keep Kellen on as the OC. Maybe Kellen loses play calling because Lincoln, I'm sure, would demand that he's the play caller. Sure. But like. Kellen there designing plays. What I want Kellen to work on, and this is where I'm cutting him a little bit of leeway. He is a new head coach in the league. I mean, a new, a new coordinator in the league and a new coach in the league. I, I, Kellen's run designs have been atrocious, man. We haven't seen a lot of great uh, creative run designs. I think that's, that's where I would say that he struggles more often than not is kind of doing things yeah. different in the run game. And the stuff he's done in the passing game, I think, has been fine for the most part. Maybe and the stuff he's doing in the run game isn't actually his stuff, though. Yeah, yeah more Colombo, and that's where and that's where it all comes into like, yeah, it was very strange in general, yeah, to have this guy in in Jason Garrett's lame duck year to have this guy. I mean, this is the, and this is what pisses me off about Jason. If I'm Jason and I'm going out and I know I'm going out, well, guess what? I ain't losing any more games because I got a kicker who can't make a kick. And you know what? I'm calling the plays now, and well, I'm doing all this. And if he doesn't have the power yeah. to do that, then what's he doing? Like this, well, this, it this might, be the, might be the situation. 
Might be the situation where he's had enough of this place too. We don't ever talk about that. Sure. You know, hey, that's a good point. He might, Brian. He might be thinking, you know, it's time for me to move on. You could see it on his face last night. It was yeah, yeah. The, during the game, but then also before. I know they didn't show that clip until the until the end of the broadcast. But uh, that one where he's walking on the field and, and, and Jerry's clapping and, and and Steven, you know, sees him. I don't know if Steven was clapping or not. And then Jason kind of sees him and he embraces him, but not like he's. I've seen him embrace them guys in the past. It was kind of yeah. like, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, okay, guys, hey, what's going on? And then he just kept going or whatnot. And it was like. Yeah. I really started thinking that as well when I saw that. I was like, and then just the way he looked on the sidelines that, you know, I know this is his dream job and, and he'd love to win here more than anywhere else. And I know that Jerry loves Jason like a like another son and, and he'd love to win the Super Bowl with Jason more than anybody else. But I can see that there's from both sides are probably like, man, maybe maybe going another direction isn't the worst thing for either of yeah, us. He could be tired. of He could be just as tired of Jerry and Steven as Jerry and Steven are tired of him and the fan base, whatever, you know. That's fine. I mean, that's. He very well could say, "Hey, I'm I'm glad coaching the string out and you know start making some calls, David Dunn, and let's see where we can go." That no, kind of thing. That's yeah. that's fine. But here's the here's the problem with that. The problem is that you've got a team. So it, it is a problem, I, I guess. So you're six and seven and in first place. The problem is sure. if if that's the case, and it, it definitely appears to be. I think you nailed it. I, I guess I've never even found a way to put that into words, but I have had that thought in my head, and I think you just kind of pounded it home right there by saying, what if Jason don't want to be here? Because I've, I've been yeah. talking, like, Jason looks like a guy who knows it's over. Well, guess sure. what? There's 53 players in there who all know it's over, and all these coaches, they all know it's over. So what's the point in going and trying hard in the cold in Chicago? What's the point? We know yeah. what Jason, Jason's not going to yell at me. What's the point? Like, this, this yeah. is what's frustrating. Rip the freaking Band-Aid off. It doesn't matter. Have Rowdy coach the team next week. It doesn't matter. Have Rowdy sure. kick field goals for you next week. As long as it's not that guy who's dragging us down. Because yeah. it's they're, both of those guys are dragging them down. It's the, and the players. It, it's the team. I've always I've always thought this, and I think you see it in New England. The team is always an embodiment of what their coach wants that team to be. All right. Well, he wants them to be this thing, and they've turned into be bland is what they are, and that's what he is. And it's just time to go. And it, it pisses me off that Jerry doesn't have the. Well, Jerry, I don't want to say Jerry didn't have the nuts to do it. But Jerry needs to go rip the Band-Aid off and say, you know what, it doesn't matter who our head coach is. It just can't be you anymore. It doesn't matter who our kicker is. It can't be you anymore. Because well, what's the be point? What are we doing Jason here? Garrett, Brian, you yeah, worked in Jason football. Garrett, what if Jason Garrett resigned and then you know to get a jump on some of these coaching jobs? He you needs to. But then yeah. they need to fire him, though, because it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't well, matter. Brian, you, were, I mean, you worked in football. Go, whatever you want to do. You yeah. worked in football yeah. for almost 30 years. And you've sat here and you just came on with a first place team and said, "I'm I'm talking about draft picks." You've even like taken over this defeatist attitude that a lot of the fan base has. Look, I'd rather have the 12th pick in the draft than go get my ass kicked by San Francisco in the wild card playoff game. You can't sure. be only 12 teams make the playoffs. It's right there. Go make the playoffs. Right. All it takes is winning one game. Like. Yeah. And, and the reason and what's preventing it is everything. It's the message. It feels like it's over and everyone knows it's over. And Jason's looking at himself well, in the mirror knowing it's but, over. And it's like, guys, but, but, you're going against your whole freaking message of one day at a time. You're going yeah. against all that crap. Dude, just go win a game. But, the, but they've exhausted every avenue, in my opinion, of trying to turn things around. Besides getting <laughs> his ass out of the building. Well, they, that's they the problem. Changed. He is in the yeah. building. He does not yeah. need to be it's in the building Jerry, anymore. Jerry said it today, KT. There's only so many things he could do with the roster. Yeah, he could get rid of the kicker. 
absolutely could get rid of the kicker. It could bring a kicker in here who's not proven. You know, okay, now you're trying to win a game against the Rams. Okay, run the improve, unproven kicker out there to see if you can win the game. You know, is it better than the guy who misses field goals from 35 yards? Yes, because you it know? affects other people. Yeah. It's not about that I, I don't person. Disagree it affects with other you. people. I don't disagree with you, but, you know, for, for, for them to try and sell hope that, hey, you know, we got to – Talks cheap. We got to go out there and play. What? You know, you went out there and you you embarrassed yourself. That's yeah, BS. Is what you did. You know, it's BS. So, yeah. I mean, <sighs> again, we you yeah. know if they can they can fight for the division, the playoffs, and all that. And, you know, Philadelphia can continue to lose games, great and all that. But you're you're not you're not fooling me anymore. I, I'm not going to be fooled anymore. Yeah. You know, and again, that's why I picked the Bears to win yesterday, even though. I knew their quarterback wasn't better than your quarterback. You know what I'm saying? He played better than our quarterback. Yeah. He also didn't play well, against he, that. Dak also might have looked really good against that Dallas Cowboys defense. <laughs> sure, he might very well have. Someone put out it's the a hypothetical. Bad group right now. I'll be quick. I'm going to run this by Father John. Someone put out the hypothetical. If Jesus Christ played a linebacker last night, would the Cowboys have won? <laughs> um, yeah, it's tough to go against that hypothetical there. Um, I would think that. I think Christ is probably pretty good sideline to sideline. He probably has yeah. a way of just somehow miraculously getting a turnover here or there. That's, I mean, that's one of the other the parts edge. of that game that well, stunned me. Is he'd, that have to create those... a miracle. he'd have to create a miracle for a turnover. And, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's the guy who do the turnover. I mean, that guy can turn water miracles. into wine. Yeah. I think he can get it done. I don't know. Yeah. Do you think uh, it was pretty interesting when Jalen Smith gave up that touchdown? Uh, he thought he had an interception, but it was a touchdown, and he was celebrating. <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about, man, this is such a embodiment of that defense, too. Like, that's the perfect characteristic of that defense this year. Here's some guys who think they're really good, and they're just not getting it done. Well, and that's then true. touchdown that pass. Your, and that guy's yeah. your captain of your defense, and he's doing the swipe, and they're down three scores. I mean, none of that stuff looks great. Yeah. It doesn't look good at all. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll do this again next week because we got the Rams and we're gonna preview that game. We're gonna ram like, it. We're gonna just ram it. <laughs> uh, dude, maybe we need to play a clip from that song though. The I think song, KT, ram if it. you don't if you don't play a clip on that song, I'm not being on the show anymore. <laughs> Kit, I'm gonna send you a, 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 a Kit. Uh, no, I know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 80s gore. Yeah, it's great. Oh, yes, my great 80s. When you guys weren't even born, this was the stuff I was doing. <laughs> I know the words of that entire song, the raps and everything. It's so great. It's awesome. It is awesome. Uh, any final thoughts, Brian and John? The table is yours. I think we've had enough of a bloodbath for the last hour here. No, I think we're good. I think we covered a lot of ground. They're not going to change the coach. We'll see what they do on the kicking situation. I can't get anybody to answer my question over there about that. They wanted to talk about it last week, but this week it seems to be a little different. So they brought three you know, maybe no we'll names get, in. Have some up. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll have some news here before long. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, uh, you know, I, again, uh, they, they're not going to fool me anymore. Uh, flip a switch, whatever you want to say. Talk's cheap. You know, they, you know, Jerry's talked about it. Go out there and find a way to win the game. I just don't know if they're capable of doing that. And I especially don't think they're capable of doing it against a team like the Rams, I think, that can, that can hurt them defensively. And then, but also, though, have weapons on the outside. They, they just can't cover anybody. They can't get a pass rush. So how do you how are you going to contain a team that has kind of found itself offensively? You know, if you watched them play last week, yeah. I just yeah. Um, I'm just going to be I don't know. I'm kind of I'm bracing myself for the fact of that Jason will coach the rest of the season out. They'll lose to the Rams, 
but part of me, and I don't know why. Maybe I need to. Maybe I need to get on your guys' side. I just see them beating the Eagles and then beating the Redskins and then getting in the playoffs, and and they probably lose that game. Um, But I'm just I don't know why. I just feel like that's going to happen. There's something about the NFC East with Jason Garrett as head coach. Uh, It makes absolutely no sense. I can't explain to you. I can't tell you how it's going to happen or why it's going to happen. I just feel like it's going to happen. Oh, watch the Eagles well, on Monday fitting. night, and you'll not be you know, scared fitting, at all of playing them. Yeah, how fitting it! The guy who always had a career of eight and eight will maybe get in the playoffs being eight and eight. You know, <laughs> so stupid. And then get fired and after get making fired. the playoff for being eight yeah, and eight. Exactly. Gosh, it's so stupid. Glorious. All right, there it is. This is another episode of About Them Cowboys. We'll be back to preview the Rams next week. We'll have content up on the website all week long. And uh, who knows? Maybe something wild happens. Maybe we have an emergency podcast. Keep your eyes up because if there is some, uh, if, if there is some news, if maybe Jerry has a couple drinks of Johnny Walker and goes, you know what? I'm gonna fire my coach today. Yeah, then we'll have an emergency episode just in case. For Brian Broadus for guesting. Thank you so much, Brian, for guesting with us again. Really appreciate it. It's been awesome having you. Appreciate on, you, boys. Thanks for always having me. Love the conversations. Uh, yeah. LSU tomorrow, right for the uh, SEC championship game. How locked yeah. are you going to be to that? <laughs> oh, severely locked in. Another gut check for me. Uh, Georgia, I mean, just need that quarterback. Joe Burrow's done a great job, and so just don't need uh, Georgia to find their uh, footing in this uh, this game at all. Tigers need to take care of business to get in this playoff. Uh, John Mishota, Father John Mishota, thank you very much. Uh, Florida State got a head coach yet? Have they done that? Nope, still out holding out hope for Bob Stoops. I know it's a pipe dream, but I'm a dreamer, and so <laughs> – that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Man, the Cowboys are up against the Florida State Seminoles uh, when it comes to hiring their next head coach. Uh, for Kent Garrison, who was once in a very famous rock band, uh, I want to give a, th- a shout out to a, a band up in uh, the Northeast, Ruby Bones, and my guy James of Ruby Bones. Um, I know uh, maybe around here, maybe they don't come around here anymore, but they're big fans of About Them Cowboys, and they let me know that on Twitter, and I love Ruby Bones. Well, thank them. Thank them. It's very nice of them. Thank you for doing they're, they're, Are they going to make an appearance in your – Top, uh, your top albums uh, so group? They were uh, song number 27 in my top 100 songs of the 2010s. There you go. So well, they, Congratulations uh, for making that list. When I posted this, they go, oh, you're the, you're on uh, About Them Cowboys. Cool. Yeah, well, I love the yeah. show. So cool. that's awesome. Thank you, Kent. Really appreciate it. Uh, and I'm uh, Kevin KT Turner. We'll see you next time on another episode of About Them Cowboys. Cowboys.